Well, I thought, thought we would just spend uh, just a couple couple minutes here uh, tonight. Uh, you know, we've been teaching the youth group through the book of Genesis, and uh, you know, I've said on many occasions that um, I think this has been probably as cool for me as it has for anybody. I just feel like I've gained so much, you know, as, as the, the guy teaching it, that I've gained, you know, so much just from from this study. And, you know, one of the things you've know, been looking at uh, the life of Jacob, which uh, has been really, really impacting, I think, and just lots of things that, that you know, we can draw. Uh, from his story and lots of, you know, things, I guess, for me that I can just kind of relate to that, you know, it's like God's speaking directly to me, you know, sometimes as I read through this stuff and as I read about his life and, you know, it's been, been talking to people lately that are, that are going through it, you know, just difficulties and, you know, Lee shared some of his difficulties as we, you know, in our home groups, you know, it's kind of the time that, that we can share our struggles and ask people to pray for us and ask for support and those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I think sometimes as believers, we, we look at our struggles. Um, you know, as we mature in Christ, we can, we can kind of have this attitude of, okay, I have this difficulty happening in my life, you know, whatever it is, and can kind of have this attitude that, okay, you know, God's, God's going to get me through this difficulty. And, and we should, we should have that, that attitude knowing that, <clears throat> that, that there's nothing you know, too big for God to handle. Um, but, but I think there's kind of a lesson here that, that we can learn about, about difficulties uh, as, as we look at Jacob's life. And if you're not familiar with the story of Jacob, uh, you know, dig, dig through the book of Genesis and read. Like, it would make a really cool movie or a cool miniseries. Just lots of, you know, it's a good story, right? Um, but, but Jacob, he, he, was, he was born, uh, had a twin brother, Esau. And uh, Esau was the firstborn, Jacob was the secondborn. And uh, when Esau was born, Jacob was holding on to the heel of Esau, right, grabbing on to his brother. And, uh, so he gave the name Jacob, which means heel grabber, and, and, and kind of the connotation to that is negative, right, that, that he's a deceiver. And, and you see kind of in the first part of his life that that rings true, that, that he's a total deceiver. He deceives his brother out of uh, the birthright, right, he gets the... Um, the, the thing that would normally come to Esau as being the firstborn, Jacob deceives him out of it. and uh, Later on, deceives his brother out of uh, the blessing from their dad. Um, so kind of the two major things that would happen in Esau's life, Jacob deceived and got those things for himself. Um, and it got to the point where uh, his mom became fearful for his life because his brother was so angry at him for uh, these deceptions. And so mom tells him, you, you got to go away. You got to get out of here because your brother is going to kill you. Uh, so you need to run for your life. And so we're going to make up this story and we're going to tell your dad that we're going to send you over to, to grandpa's house and you're going to find one of the cousins and marry a cousin. And this was cool back then. It was okay to do that. God hadn't said, don't do that yet. Um, and so they concoct this story and, and he basically goes on the run, right? And he goes to, to Laban's house and he gets to Laban's house and he, he sees you know, the girl of his dreams, right? He sees uh, Rachel and, and instantly, you know, love at first sight and, and uh, asks Laban, what do I have to do to marry your daughter? And Laban tells him, okay, you have to work seven years for me and then you can marry my daughter. And so he works seven years and Laban now deceives Jacob into marrying his other daughter, um, who we can call her the ugly duckling, just she wasn't you know, wasn't uh, a person that Jacob wanted to marry. And so he got duped into marrying the wrong woman after 
giving seven years of his life to, to Laban. Uh, so now the deceiver becomes deceived. And so it's kind of this, you know, poetic justice maybe uh, in his life. And, and so, so he gets duped. And, and so then he goes back to Laban and says, like, okay, what, what do I have to do now to, I really want to marry Rachel. I don't want to, I don't want Leah. What do I have to do? And um, so he says, okay, work another seven years for me. And then, then you can marry the, the pretty daughter, right? And so he works another seven years. Finally gets to marry the girl of his dreams. And now he's got two wives, one, one that he loves and one that he hates. And so you can imagine, you know, what kind of a reality show that would be um, in today's world. And they begin to, to pump out a bunch of babies. And not only does he have two wives, but each of the wives have female servants. And so he's got four women, right, living in his house. Um, and over probably like a six to seven year period, they, they pump out about 12 babies. Um, so there's babies coming out left and right. And so, you know, again, picture the reality show that that would be. Um, and so you can imagine what, what his life would be like, right? And so, <clears throat> so he works for Laban, you know, for another probably six to seven years. And so he's in this now 20 years, um, you know, that he's been kind of under the thumb of his father-in-law. And, you know, the Bible talks about that, you know, Laban messed with his wages, changed his wages uh, 10 times, I think it says, and uh, not in a good way. Right, and so so he's been under under the thumb of, of Laban. Um, home's probably not real great for him, right? <clears throat> and and so after twenty or so years had gone by, it comes time for him to to go back home. And so he goes to Laban and, and makes his deal with Laban how they're going to part ways and they're going to divide up the flock and, and Jacob's going to get you know a certain portion of the flock and Laban's going to get this other part of the flock and. You know, they shake on it. Well, then Laban dupes him again, and the, the deceiver gets deceived again, um, and Laban doesn't hold true to the deal, right? And so, so Jacob is, is heading back home, and, and, and not only does he get duped, well, then he gets word that Esau is coming after him with 400 men. So after 20 years, his brother seemingly is still holding this grudge. And so he gets fearful, and he, and he splits up his, makes his plan, right, to split up his family, and it's like, okay, half the family is going to go this way, and half the family is going to go this way. And so that way, if, if this half runs into to Esau, he'll kill them, and, and this other half of my family will still live, right, or, or, or vice versa. So, like, this is serious business, right, because he's expecting that this reunion with his brother isn't going to be great. Um, and so he does that, and he concocts this other plan to send a bunch of his servants ahead of him uh, with a bunch of animals as gifts to give to Esau, hoping that, that as he gets these gifts ahead of time, that by the time they meet, that maybe Esau's heart will be softened uh, towards him. So he's kind of really making preparations for the end. And so um, you don't have to turn there. You can just, just listen. But uh, Genesis 33, this is kind of how this reunion goes. It says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front. And then Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. And when Esau lifted up his eyes, he saw the women and the children. And he said, who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the servants drew near, they and their children, and bowed down. 
Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down, and last, Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. And Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand. For I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God, and you have accepted me. Please accept my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. Thus he urged him and he took it. So kind of this beautiful reunion between Esau and Jacob that that wasn't expected, right? It didn't go the way Jacob thought it was going to go. They embraced and, you know, if this were the movie, that's the part where the music would be real. You know, the music would crescendo and, you know, we would all be crying in the theaters. We watched this and... Um, just a, this awesome moment, right? And so they exchange some pleasantries and try to, you know, figure out what's going on here. And <clears throat> as, as Jacob is, is trying to give his brother a gift and his brother refuses the gift, um, I, don't, I don't know if you caught this, but, but Jacob said um, that God has dealt graciously with me, right? And, and as I think about that, like, I think about the, the context of that statement, Right? When you look at the last 20 years of his life, being under the thumb of his father-in-law, um, marrying the, a woman that he doesn't love, right? um, you know, his father-in-law messing with his wages and deceiving him uh, on more than one occasion, um, Jacob says that God has dealt graciously with me, right? and, and I have enough. And, and, and if, you're, if you're not real familiar with the story of Jacob, this is a different guy than 20 years prior to this happening, right? Jacob was, was not a humble guy in any way whatsoever. We see, you know, great humility here on his part as he's, you know, bowing to his brother and trying to, to give his brother gifts and, um, you know, referring to himself as the servant uh, of his brother. Um, and, and so that statement, it just kind of jumped out at me, um, thinking about that in the context of the last 20 years, Right, we can say that, that Jacob has had his share of difficulties in that twenty years. Some bad things have happened to him. Some hard things have happened to him, and for him to make that statement that God has dealt graciously with me, um, you know, kind of you know coming back full circle, you know, we, we look at our own difficulties and the, the the things that we deal with and. You know, our, our difficulties are not like, like in today's age, we're not going to get duped into marrying the wrong woman. That's probably not going to be a reality for any of us, right? Or marrying the, the wrong spouse. It's probably not going to happen to us, right? Um, you know, our, our wages probably aren't going to, you know, get jacked with like they did with Jacob. You know, we may work jobs where we feel like we deserve more, but, but probably not going to have the exact difficulties that he had, um, you know, maybe some of you can relate to, you know, having difficult in-laws to deal with. You know, that, that's, you know, probably been a reality since, since the beginning of marriage that, you know, in-laws are always difficult. Um, but, but again, we, we look at our own difficulties and, you know, oftentimes, like I said in the beginning, we can have this attitude that, you know, God's going to get me through my difficulties. But I think when we look at Jacob's life, we look at those difficulties in that 20-year period of his life, um, and I'm not so sure that this wasn't just the plan that God had for Jacob to make him into who he became, right? And, and if you know more of the story of Jacob, uh, God changes his name from Jacob to 
Israel. Right? And, and Israel, the meaning of that is, is one who strives with God. And so he comes from being you know, the heel grabber or the deceiver, uh, having this negative connotation to having the, this new identity uh, that God has given him in, in becoming Israel. Right? And, and, and I really believe that that, that 20-year stretch of his life that, that was difficult, that was probably just God's plan for, for shaping him, for taking Jacob from being Jacob to being Israel. And, and so as we look at our own lives and our own difficulties, there, there's a difference, I think, in looking at our struggle and saying, God's going to get me through this, versus looking at our struggle and saying, you know what, this is hard, and maybe this even sucks, but you know what? God in his sovereignty and God in his grace is allowing me this struggle, is allowing me this difficulty because I need it. Because it's going to make me into who God wants me to be. God is changing my identity. God is changing who I am with this difficulty or with this struggle or with this hardship. I think there's a difference between that and, oh man, God's going to get me through this hard thing. I think there's a big difference. Uh, in, in how we look at that. And if you read you know, the, the whole life of Jacob, his whole story, he, he's a different guy at this point. He, he's no longer the deceiver. right? He's no longer um, you know, the heel grabber. His, his story at this point is, I used to be this, but, but God has changed me into this. Right, God has, has regenerated me. God has made me different. Um, you know, as it talks about in, in Second Corinthians, that the old has gone away, and the new has come. And that's that's now Jacob's new story. Right, Jacob's story is no longer, um, yeah, I duped my brother out of the birthright, or yeah, I duped my brother out of dad's blessing. It's not his story anymore. <clears throat> his story is is now that, that God has changed who he is at his core. Right. And so it's just this, this beautiful picture um, of, of the power of the gospel in our lives, the power of, of salvation in our lives. And so as I, just, I bring that up tonight just because, um, you know, it's, it's just in the context of community and home groups and all of that, that, um, yeah, it's good that, that we can be real, that we can share our struggles with one another. It's good and it's right that we do that. But kind of this this. I think paradigm shift in our thinking for some of us needs to take place where um, we look at our struggles as maybe God's grace, right? That, that, this kind of blows me away that Jacob would, would make that statement in the context of that 20 years to say, God has dealt graciously with me when he's had really nothing but difficulty. And, and maybe some of you guys can, can relate that, you know, sometimes life is just hard, right? Hard things happen. Um, struggles happen. Um, you know, we, we battle sin every day. Um, we battle, you know, sometimes our, our coworkers or our families. Uh, we battle the wickedness of our own heart. We battle our own attitude uh, every day. We're going to continue to battle those things, I think, as long as we live on this earth. But, but when we look at those things as being grace from God, then... It, it doesn't make the hard things less hard. It doesn't, I don't think, make the difficult things less difficult. But what it does is it brings purpose to the struggles in our life. It brings purpose to the difficulties. It brings some light at the end of the tunnel of, of the hard things, knowing that 
God in his grace is using this in my life to change me, to make me different, um, to give me a new identity. And so, so now when there's purpose in the struggle, um, we just have a different perspective on it. It's, it. Yeah, it can still be hard, but, but when we have that perspective change, um, it helps us get through the struggle knowing that there's at least a purpose to it. There, there's, you know, there's a method to the madness. And so you know, as we think about this in the context of community, like I said, yeah, it's good and it's right that we can be real and share our struggles with one another. Um, but, but I don't know that it's always right of us to, to come to God and to say, you know, God, I, here, here's my plan, and I want, you to, I want you to fix this and do this and work this out this way um, because maybe, maybe we need that struggle and maybe we need to have a difficult 20 years in our life like Jacob in order that we would know God. Um, maybe we need to have a difficult um, life that we would know God. Not saying that we have to, but, but maybe God in his wisdom, God in his sovereignty, God in his grace knows what we need. I think sometimes we forget that God is not surprised by our struggle. Our, our difficulties don't, don't catch him off guard. Right? It's, not, it's not like God is, is sitting on his throne and you know, gets tapped on the shoulder you know, by an angel and is told, hey, God, did you know that, that this is going on down there? And he's just like, whoa, I didn't know that. Ah, i gotta, I got to fix this. No, that's not God. Right? He, he knows. Not only does he know what our, our struggle and our difficulty is, but, but maybe it's happening because we need it. Because maybe that's the thing <clears throat> that's going to drive us to know God in a way that we would not know God otherwise. So I just share that as an encouragement to, to you guys as we just you know struggle through life and you know maybe some, some days it's difficult to, to get up and, and tackle what's ahead of us. Um, maybe other days it's not so difficult. Um, and, and you know we all have different things going on and just in this room tonight I know there's you know some of us have just more difficult lives than others but but none of us are without struggle, none of us are without hardship, none of us are without difficulty. Um, but, but God knows those things, right? And God in his grace um, maybe is allowing us to, to go through those things because we're being changed. Our identity, our core of who we are is being changed from Jacob, the deceiver, to, to Israel, the one who strives with God. And, and in this story, it's just kind of, you know, like if you look at the beginning of America and how America, how our nation came to be, like it's a cool story, right? There's, you know, there's nobility in the story, right? We're, you know, fighting oppression. And so we, you know, come over here and we start our own thing. And it's, and it's cool. And, you know, you look at, at how the nation of Israel got its start. It's not, it's not a very cool story, right? Uh, not, not very cool how the nation of Israel came into being. But, you know, that's, that's just like God to, you know, like the word says, to use the, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Um, you know, God's economy is often backwards, uh, you know, from ours. So take encouragement in that tonight, you guys, that the things that we deal with in life don't surprise God. And not only that, that, that just maybe uh, those things are God's grace. And so as we work through those things, you know, maybe we can have that attitude of, of Jacob to say that God has dealt graciously with me. Uh, and then he goes on to say that I have enough, right? I have enough. And so, uh, in other words, just content with, with what God has given him. 
right? In America, it's, it's, a hard, it's hard for us to be content. We always want more than what we have, right? It doesn't matter how much money we make. We always want more, right? It doesn't matter how, how big our house is. We always want a bigger house. It doesn't matter you know, how new our car is. We always want something newer, right? We always want something better than what we have. And at, and at the rate that, that technology comes out, right, you could, you could get a new computer every couple of months, you know, have something better than the last thing, Right, and, and, and we see Jacob just having contentment, right? Understanding God's grace and having contentment with um, where God has him in life, right? And saying that, that I recognize God's grace and what I have right now, um, it's enough, right? And, um, you know, we, we, we talked through this several weeks ago. Like, I've been chewing on this for like a month, <laughs> you know, just what this means, you know, for me, right, to be content with where God has me and to understand just the, the, the depth uh, of his grace, right? There, it's, it's huge. So as, as we get back into home groups next week, as we get back into our regular meetings, um, yeah, can continue you guys sharing struggles and sharing realities in life. Continue doing that. Continue lifting up one another's needs, but, but be on the lookout for, for God's grace in the struggles, be on the lookout for God's grace in the difficulties and recognizing that often uh, those are the things that God chooses uh, to use in order to, to shape us, in order to change us um, at our core, in order to change who we are. Uh, let's pray. <clears throat> God, we're thankful for tonight, and God, just uh, it doesn't seem like enough to say that we're thankful for grace, um, but, but God, there's just... Don't know what else to say other than that I am thankful for your grace in my life. And God, I hope uh, that we're all thankful for your grace in our lives. And God, I pray that uh, uh, we would just continue to, to get a bigger and bigger picture every time we open your word um, of the magnitude of your grace. God, it's no small thing. And so I pray that you would just continue to show us um, how gracious you are that you would continue to make us aware uh, of our own sin, of our own sinfulness, and, and God, how much uh, in that, that that you love us and how much in that, that that we don't deserve the things that you give us, the things that you uh, have done for us, the things that you will continue to do for us. God, just, just help us to have an understanding of, of what all of that means. Uh, God, because I believe as we have greater and greater understanding of what that means, that the only way that we can respond to that is by living lives of obedience to you. God, your word tells us that we, we can't work hard enough, we can't do uh, enough things um, th that will make any, any difference uh, in our lives with, with regard to our salvation. Uh, but God, as we understand more and more your grace and our sinfulness, God, it just evokes this response that, that um, out of the, the outflow of that understanding, we live lives that, that honor and glorify you, and we live lives that are obedient to you. So, God, I pray that you would continue to, to grow that picture uh, from week to week as, as we meet in our home groups, from week to week as we gather on Sundays, from week to week as we gather in the, the various ministries throughout the week of the seniors and the youth and the men's and the women's ministries, that you would just continue uh, to grow our understanding of, of who you are uh, and who we are in light of who you are. Uh, guys, pray for Rory and Kevin tonight who are uh, just battling stomach bugs and, and Rory's family, not just him, his whole family, battling stomach bugs. God, pray that you would 
uh, just bring healing into their lives so that they can get back into just the normal routines of, of work and family and school and kids and all of those things. And uh, God, I just pray that you would keep the rest of us uh, healthy as well so that we don't have to deal with that. And uh, so, God, we just thank you uh, for this time that we've had together. And uh, uh, thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the teaching ministry at Calvary Chapel of Crook County, located in Primeville, Oregon. For more information on this ministry, or if you'd like to contribute, please feel free to write us at P.O. Box 378, Primeville, Oregon, 97754. Or check us out further at our website at www.calvarycrookcounty.com. We thank you so much for listening, and we pray that this ministry has blessed you.